Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Well, hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Driven Chat Podcast. 38. That's a lot of podcasts now. That's an awful lot of podcasts. God, we, you know, it feels like we started this. Well, I can't really work out. Does it feel like we started this about three weeks ago? Or does it feel like we started this about three years ago? I can't. I think three years ago. Yeah. yeah I feel like we're, we're well into the, the recording of the episodes, the, the videos. And yeah, this is a well-established thing now, despite only, there. I don't know, did we meet last June? Was it June? June. We first sat down and started talking about this, yeah, June time. Well, that's you and I, obviously, Andy J came up with the idea uh, long before. Um, Andy J, as you will notice, is not, is not here. Uh, in fact, he's not in this episode at all. And there's a very good reason for that. I think I allude to it in the conversation that you're about to hear. Um, but I won't say anything more than that. So hey, stick around for that, if not anything else. Uh, but yeah, hi, I'm the voice of John Marker. And beside me is the voice of Amy Shaw. Hello, 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 hello. Um, I hope you're having a lovely, what feels like the beginning of spring now. But this is, it's starting to get brighter. Sort of. Warmer. I mean, apart from today. Yeah. This, this, I've, I've, so I've got this, this E-type for one more day. I will just Yeah, come on, let's get on straight to that. To that. You've, <laughs> My you can't just, you can't just casually hum- drop that as if we've not had a conversation about it. Humble you've, brag. You've got an E-type at the moment. Yes, yes I have. Only for, for what, what it started off as being just for a weekend. And then I, you know, text Jaguar and I was like, when would you like this, this E-type back? And, um, oh, you know, tomorrow, I think it was going to be Monday. And they're like, oh, no, 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 you've got it till, till Thursday. I was like... Oh, yes. And now I have to give this car back tomorrow, which I'm I'm quite sad about. But at the same time, I have had the most wonderful of weekends with it. So, um, yeah, mm. it was it basically is, as it, as we, a lot of us will know, it's the 60th anniversary of the E-Type it this is. year. It is. So Jaguar are after quite a lot of photographs of, um, you know, E-Types and stuff. So they were like, hey, do you want, do you want to borrow an E-Type for, for a weekend and take some pictures and stuff? And I was like... Yes. Yes, I would, please. I'd like that very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was basically it. And so I've, over over last weekend, drove over 600 miles in this E-Type, which is worth far too much money for what I would dare yeah, think about. You alluded before we hit record at the insurance value of the car. Oh, now, remind me. £450,000. £450,000. <laughs> is what it's insured for. Good. Yes. Good God. <laughs> And it's, so remind me, it's called Purple Haze because it's haze. purple. Yes. 
Um, it's it's a very rare car. Yes, it uh, is. Yeah, I, I'd rather you than me. It's a it's a it's a Coombs Jag E Type. Um, it came from South Africa, and wow. it's just it's got a great story to it, a really good story to it. I just think it's why it's um it's been valued as the the price it has, and it's just about to go into a restoration itself. So huh. I, I'm giving it this last hurrah, which is quite nice because you know driving down some of these little English country lanes and thinking, oh, it's just, I, I I don't like that branch sticking out or whatever. <laughs> it, it's it's made me feel a little bit more relaxed driving it rather than if it was a completely pristine E Type. Mm. But you've also been having quite a of them riding around on something this week. I have, I have. And just in case you are, you've just tuned into this thinking, hang on a minute, the description of this says the Moderna Project GTO Engineering. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get there. Don't worry. We are going to get there. So this format of podcast in, in recent pandemic times, certainly since the new year, um, 2021, hello there. Um, we, we're, we're recording remotely. We do a, an interview section and then a bit of an intro section. Hey, here, here's the intro section. Uh, and then we'll jump into the interview a bit shortly. But yes, you're right, Amy. I have been rocking around on uh, on something from a press office over the past few days which has been great because it's the first ever press motorcycle loan we've been given it's the first ever motorcycle test uh, that we as driven chat have done and bmw have been very very kind bmw motorrad uk have sent me a r1250 gste a lot of numbers and letters. Though. A lot of numbers and letters. <laughs> um, don't ask me what GS stands for, I can't remember, or TE, I can't remember, but I know that TE stands for um, posh with all the options. It's basically the, <laughs> the one with all the bits on. All the fancy bits. All the fancy bits. Uh, yeah, so I've been riding a motorcycle for the past two days, making a lovely film about that. And uh, as a result, because I haven't ridden a motorcycle properly, like I haven't actually turned the wheel on the motorcycle uh, for more than a few miles since about this time last year. Mm-hmm. So it was about this time last year that I thought, oh dear, I should probably sell my Ducati uh, because the business I was running at the time was a travel and hospitality business and hey, what a great industry to be in in 2020. Uh, so some of the toys had to go. So yeah, I sold that and I haven't really ridden a bike at all or with the exception, I should say, of an old Royal Enfield. Uh, I, I haven't really turned the wheel on a bike. So um, I've now done two solid days of riding, I think nearly 200 miles, and I am aching like a... <laughs> something that aches very much. Like a beep. Like a beep, mm-hmm. yeah. Aching like a beep. Because, um, I mean, riding a motorcycle for any distance uh, beyond a few miles is, it, you know, this Amy, you're a, you're a biker. Mm-hmm. It takes it out on you. You know, you work muscles that you don't usually work. Um it's a bit like constantly doing push-ups, especially when you're hammering on brakes and things yep. like that. You, you know, you're supporting your weight and your body and wind and helmets and necks and it adds to the weighty head. And yeah, so two solid days of riding for the first time in a year. I do feel like I've spent two days in the gym and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of an achy old man, but um, what a thing. I won't say too much about the bike because of course we are going to have a fantastic video on that very soon. Um, with a good kind of feature and some photos and some written words and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. I have to say, what I will say is uh, having been the owner of sporty superbikes previously uh, as my, my choice of road bike, um, I now have no desire to own another superbike on the road. That's a strong quote from somebody that was well into the bikes and especially the, the mm. faster of the, the wheels. Um, yeah, for you to, to say that now, it's, I, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see <laughs> the video when it comes out and hear your actual it, opinion. It's not oh, an E-type, but it's, yeah, it's Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, but anyway, I, I mean, talking about some more lovely cars. Yes. Today's podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So we, uh, well, I say we, um, I, I revisited <laughs> GTO Engineering. So I was disappointed to miss this visit, I have to say, and, well, and chatting with, with I think the, Mark uh, and uh, the gang there. I think the, the closing, uh, the, the, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the, um, the decision maker was, I think you asked the question, is there going to be the opportunity to drive any cars? And the answer was no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, was so, like yeah. okay, so, I'm, so, I'm <laughs> so if you, the listener, are familiar with our, um, our series, um, I think I mentioned it in the in the podcast. I think it's episode eighteen. Uh, we visited GTO Engineering last summer. Uh, myself, Andy, and Amy. We all had a drive of GTO Engineering's two hundred and fifty short wheelbase revival car. Which, I mean, what magical! A thing. Magical. It was magical. The noise, the power, the weight. It's just a sensational car. But yeah, we revisited because I, we alluded in that episode to the fact that GTO Engineering are about to bring out 
their own car. So uh, not a revival car, not a car with a Ferrari badge or any other manufacturer badge. It would have their own badge, their own project. Um, and they threw out some amazing stats when we were there, things about the weight and specification and the power, all of which kind of made us go, oh, this sounds a bit, uh, a bit dreamy. Um, but lo and behold, they're actually cracking on with it. And yeah. it's getting to the stage now where very soon they're going to be clay modeling the car. All the engineering work behind the scenes is actually taking place. And it's looking like it's going to be with us in the near future. So we got a phone call to ask if we'd be up for going down and having a chat. Uh, and of course, the answer to that was yes. So um, whilst Amy was busy and Andy was busy, as he is today, hence not being in on this intro, I drew the straw, the fun straw, I'll call it, to go down and have a conversation with Mark Lyon, who's the big boss at GTO Engineering. He's responsible for the, uh, overseeing this project. And I decided, as it was just me, I needed an extra voice. So I took along Alex Goy. Now, you'll remember Alex from a few episodes ago. He came on as our full show guest but I decided I needed a journalist. It wasn't just going to be me getting whimsical and dreamy about this new exciting car that's coming out in the not too distant future. I wanted somebody that had a, a voice of authority and somebody that could throw some actual sensible questions down. And luckily, Alex did exactly that. So it was great to go down uh, and get that recording done. So um, yeah, looking forward to sharing that with you now and telling you all about this new car. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Okay, so here we are into the conversational part of this week's Driven Chat podcast. You're listening to the voice of John Marker. Hello. Probably no surprises there because chances are we've just talked about me and what we're about to talk about. Um, as we've mentioned in a few occasions previously, this format uh, of, of new podcast or the current format of podcast due to social distancing and restrictions and having to be far apart from each other, it means that often there's only going to be one or two voices in with the actual interview stage. Well, this time I can tell you that the luxury is I'm actually sat in the same room as other human beings, albeit socially distanced. I should point that out because we are still, of course, playing by the rules and doing things very sensibly. But I'm sat socially distanced in a room with two people, uh, both of which have previously appeared on the Driven Chat podcast. If you can harp your memory back to episode 18, <coughs> not that I'm expecting anyone to remember that because I even had to look this up myself. We were sat in a room with a lovely man called Mark Lyon at GTO Engineering. He's the owner of GTO Engineering, a company that make, make, maintain, rebuild and service the most incredible Ferraris of yesteryear, uh, as well as other cars and other bits and pieces. And in the not so recent past, we spoke with a motoring journalist by the name of Alex Goy. Hi. Now, there's Alex. Hi. And in that same room, here is Mark as well. Hello, Mark. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So lovely <clears throat> to be back with both of you. Um, I'm pleased to say that I'm a lot more comfortable here than I was last time for no other reason than it's not, I think, about 35 degrees was the last time I was here. And interestingly, Alex and I were both <clears throat> here for the same reason, but at different times to drive one of the amazing 250 short wheelbase Ferraris that are made here by GTO Engineering. And for whatever reason, uh, the, the the weather gods on the, those particular days decided to turn up the thermostat to maximum. I mean, it was I, I was here to drive a red two fifty revival, and it was a glorious day. Like the the it was it was perfect for photography. Like the sky was blue, the grass was green. Everything had that sort of sepia good old days hue to it. <laughs> but no, because when 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 I was when I was reading about the car before I drove it, I was like, oh it's it's, it's got air conditioning. That's great. That's really good. And, and I looked at the weather that day, so it's going to be 35 degrees and I thought, whatever it is, I was like, oh that's going to be a bit toasty. It's okay. The car has air conditioning. Yeah, I sweated through a t-shirt. I lost a lot of weight that day. It was good, but <laughs> it was so hot. And we we had exactly the same uh, environment. I, I was here with Andy and Amy. We both, so you were in the red car, we were in the black 250 short wheelbase. And I remember fondly having two perfectly aligned sweat patches to the, the straps, the safety straps, the harness that goes over your shoulders. Um, and after the podcast, obviously full of adrenaline and excitement, sorry, after the drive, full of adrenaline and excitement, we were then sat in this room here with Mark uh, trying not to faint. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those days where you learned that antiperspirant is a lie <laughs> it's simply not true now there's a there's a reason that i've got the two of you here obviously usually in our conversational aspect there'd be an amy shaw with me or an andy j with me um both are indisposed for very very valid reasons now andy's off being a dad 
which is very, very exciting. Amy's off doing fun adventures um, elsewhere. Um, so here I am, pulled the short straw in uh, coming to talk about cars. Which short is, straw? Uh, <laughs> which Excuse I, me. <laughs> um, and I, thought, I, I feel slighted, don't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 but that's quite common, don't worry. <laughs> well, I thought, who better to bring along for a conversation with uh, one of the UK's most ambitious, influential and groundbreaking engineers, that's you Mark Lyon by the way, uh, than the journalist Alex Goy. So Alex is here to add a, a journalistical side. I'm basically going to sit back, relax and interact with questions from a journalist towards an engineer and, and react to them. I've got the best job in the world here and I'm sat comfortably in basically a wing-back chair. It's great. <laughs> that's, a, that, that, that's a huge win for you. So far you're winning today. Well, in, in which case, if you want me to ask questions and, and go full, <clears throat> full frost, um, we're here really to talk about Moderna. Uh, which when I was last here, uh, I was shown sort of a, a little a hint of it, a, a, a sketch and told what it could be and, and, and what might be. Since then, six or, six or so months has passed and news of Moderna has, has moved on. So what I'd like you to do without sort of retreading everything, um, what is Moderna? Why, why is Moderna? Why have you done it? What is it? What makes it different from the 250 short wheelbase revival? So Moderna is a new car, it's not, it's not a resto mod, it's a new car, new engine, new, everything's new on it, nothing is, is we, we've, we've copied a lot of design cues that from Frey have done in the past, and other people, including Zagato and others, but it's our own car, we've made the whole car, so we, um, we did it because the reproduction, or the revival cars as we've called them, We've been doing it for a long time. We started in 2008, so which is you know, quite a long time, and we wanted to move forwards. We've, done, we've now done um, three revival cars, so we've done the, the, the short wheelbase and the, the Testarossa and the Cow Spider. Um, and they're all currently in production, but we thought we, we needed to go to something new, something different. So we wanted a self-branded car, a GTO car, nothing to do with Ferrari. Um, and actually, when you look at the two, when you look at the images of, of the new Moderna car next to a short wheelbase, they're really very different. Um, so it has a, a completely new V12 engine, four cam engine, fuel injected, high revving, very power dense. Um, and that's taking the drive through a torque tube to a transaxle at the back of the car. Um, We've done a lot of work on the design and development of it. We've been looking at all sorts of details, things like wheels, interiors, as well as obviously all the engineering complexities that are involved in making a whole car. Mm, so with, the, with, with, the, with the, the, the revival cars, obviously they're based on a Ferrari that had a bit of a rough life and perhaps <laughs> is past its best. So, the, but this, this new car isn't. It's, it's, so it's your chassis this time around? Yes. It's, it, it will be registered as a GTO car. It has no, you know, it's, it's got things that look like Ferrari, but it's nothing to do with Ferrari. Mm. Um, and, you know, when we were making the revival cars, which we still are, just to be clear, we never broke up cars in the sense of taking apart complete cars. Yeah. We, we used wrecks. But this car we're making from the ground up. We don't have to have any of that identity or donor car thing going on because we will register it as a new car. So the new cars, um, essentially, um, with, with, with the chassis, or the, the chassis design, you've, you've designed that yourselves. You've used expertise <clears throat> from yeah. previous cars, but to, to put into the new one. Yeah, so the, we've done, um, over the years, we've done lots of race cars, we've done lots of development work, lots of R&D, which is incredibly time consuming, incredibly expensive, frankly. Fortunately, we've generally been able to get someone else to pay for it, but um, we, we've got a lot of expertise in what we know works on a car. So we've just tried to use all, all the knowledge we've got and some modern ideas because we, whilst we want to have a nice feel of a, of a kind of classic car, it won't be a classic car, it'll be a new car. So it needs to have modern themes to it. I think that's, that's one of the things for me that jumped out as <clears throat> making the car so exciting when we last visited the 250 short wheelbase that we that we had here um i think it was the slightly more racy version with a racy gearbox and, the, and a clutch that was spiteful to say <laughs> to say the least but ultimately um i mean i'll be honest before i arrived and i think i made this clear in the conversation in the podcast that i had i've always been i've always looked at 
um, revival style builds, you know, a car that's been, a new car that's been made to look like an old car. I don't want to say kit car because that's a completely unfair um, unfair term to use. It's absolutely not a kit car. It's a, it's a factory built, beautiful piece of engineering. But I always had that, that element of, oh, is this, is this right that it's, there's this recreation of something that is so iconic and so old and such an amazing car. But then the thing is, you drive the thing and it drives beautifully, whereas old cars most of the time don't. They're dogs. Like, so, so <laughs> but you're right. Like, they, 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 this is one of the things that, that really frustrates me a lot of the time is this sort of over-romanticism of, of the classics and the greats. And don't mm. get me wrong, there are some truly astoundingly brilliant cars to drive. But then you get in something like a proper Series 1 E-Type, mm -hmm. which, beautiful car, steeped in history and of course now I've mentioned the E-Type and especially in this company by law every time you mention E-Type you have to mention that Enzo Ferrari once said it was the most beautiful <laughs> car ever made see also the Honda NSX like yeah. oh well Ayrton Senna had something to do with the development of that yeah cool but you know the, the series one E-Type I've driven 77 RW which is the yeah. E-Type yeah, the, yeah. the famous Norman Jewish car beautiful <clears throat> thing the brakes are terrible. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's not very comfortable. <laughs> like, no, that's it. That's exactly right. And it, but and then you step into something like the reborn E-Type that Jack's done. Yes. Drove that tail end of last year in you know torrential rain, horrible conditions. It was cold. It was miserable. Admittedly, the it had been sort of handed to, to journalists throughout the day. And then obviously because of COVID, it had been cleaned and refreshed. And then the windscreen wipers broke <laughs> while I was sat next to, the, to one of Jag SVO's people. I was, I said, look, there, there was a clonk, and then the wiper stopped, and I went, you, you, you saw that wasn't me, right? I didn't break this <laughs> £300,000 car. Something snapped that I didn't so, touch. So it wasn't me. He was like, no, no, no. And then he was like, well, tell you, if we put the wipers a little bit higher, let's put them to slow, and the clonk just got louder. It's like, okay. Um, you know, there's still that kind of element of, of, of hand-building, but that car felt like what you think an E-Type should feel like. Exactly. It was, it, that was a proper motor Exactly. Car. What you've said there, the... the the romantification of classic cars is a bit like motorcycles. Everyone thinks that riding a motorbike is the coolest thing in the world because, of course, you've seen Steve McQueen on an old BSA with the wind in his hair and, you know, it's sunny and warm and beautiful. But the reality is, most of the time, especially in the UK, you get on a bike and it pours with rain, it's freezing cold and nobody can drive and everyone's trying to crash into you and it's miserable. And classic cars often is the same. You have that romantic vision and then you get in. As you say, Alex, the brakes don't work and then the water temperature goes really high and then the oil overheats. And, and the then, steering's heavy. And, and, the, steering, and, and the brakes and... work even less. Yeah. And, but, you know, I got into the 250 short wheelbase and I was like, I found myself, because I drive a lot of classic cars, constantly monitoring the water temperature, just keeping an eye on things, bearing in mind it was a very hot day, and the water temperature didn't go up and the brakes consistently worked and the, the clutch, despite being, you know, aggressive because that's what it was supposed to be, wasn't horrific and the steering was precise. And I walked away from that day thinking, this makes an awful lot of sense. Like, it really does make an awful lot, an awful lot of sense. Um, so here we are developing the new car with that same ethos in mind. And I guess this is, this is what's so exciting for me. And, and you know, the reason that we're back to talk about it is there are so many people with a hunger for cars that look a particular way, cars from a particular era, but at the same time, they're really not ready for classic cars. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there, there's a few people that have sort of had a, had a sort of stab at what Moderna's, or what Moderna's going to be. So you kind of, in, in, in a breath, kind of, Singer, maybe? Because mm -hmm. they sort of modernised it. But I suppose that's more a, more a, a, a short wheelbase thing. But then you sort of, on the, on the other end of the scale, you've got the, the David Brown Speedback, which underneath isn't anything new. It's a really quite an old Jaguar yeah. XKR. Yeah. Um, so with, with Moderna, you've got completely new engineering, completely new motor, completely new thinking, and the modern, the sort of the, 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 the modern tech inside. So that's what I'm curious about. Mm. Uh, what's, what's the modern stuff going to be? I'm, you, we're not going to have like sat-nav screens sticking out of every orifice and touch pads and all this. And I, that. I don't think you need that in a car. You mm. know, we've all got iPhones or whatever we have, and I think you just don't need to have that within, inbuilt in a car. You know, we, when we go in, you know, I've got a modern Audi, and you get in that, and you still use Waze on your phone. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's not it's not you just don't need it. And yeah, there'll be I'm sure people can plug their their phone in and get music if they want to. But the car has to be light. Yeah, this is the one of the most important unbreakable rules that we've made. And is that, that am I right in thinking light. sub one thousand kilos? Is That's that, the aim. Which is incredible. 
I mean, that's Lotus can barely do that with an Elise. Like the the outgoing Elise is what nine hundred and twenty five kilos, mm. and that's a two hundred and forty horsepower plastic thing. <laughs> like that is, and that, and that's uh, the the, the run out cars have got uh, a, a, a an LCD screen for for the for the speedo now. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of that's the technology in it. And you're talking about a much bigger car with a V twelve. That's insane. How are you going to do that? Well, it's all about packaging. I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of time and thought gone into the packaging of the car and where we put everything and how we do it. Because not only is that good, it's got to be light, it's got to look good. Even even under the bonnet has to look fantastic. I mean, it is going to have a hand-built V12 by GTO Engineering. Those are not ugly bits of kit. Mm. <laughs> They're not, but as soon as you start putting bits onto bits onto bits, mm, then it yeah. suddenly becomes ugly. And that's, that's, that happens really easily. We don't think about something from the day one. So, you know, we thought very hard about how we package the air conditioning, how we package the alternator, all those little things that have got to, obviously they've got to work, mm -hmm. but they've got to look great as well. Mm. And, it's, and we've got to get the engine, we're getting the engine very low in the car. So the center of gravity is nice and low. Um, we'll have pretty good weight distribution because we've got a transaxle at the back. Um, and, you know, we just know these cars will drive so well. Um, so the, the, the kind of the, the, the follow-up is that is the you, you know they're going to drive well, you know it's going to be a lightweight, it's going to be a very pure, fairly analogue car, but there will be you know the, the modernity to it. Oh, it's like the name. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, so you, you have a, you have a very extensive client list of people who have got both short wheelbase cars or look after or have, <clears throat> you, have you guys look after their, their cars? What do they make of it? I think everyone we haven't had any real bad you know reactions to it yet. One of the things that's very, very interesting is that we've got a pretty big list now of people who've inquired for the car. Mm. Brilliant. And they're nearly all new people. Wow. Oh. Which for us was, was so, such a, which is what I wanted to achieve because, you know, we have the same clients to come back year after year and they're getting older, yeah. which we all understand. Yeah. But we wanted to find two things, different age group and different geographical demographic. Mm. Because, you know, we want to attract clients from, from different bits of the world. Mm. Because frankly, the UK customer base is not that good. Right. Um, so you want China and the Middle East and and, and America, because America's always going to be a big market. Yeah. yeah. Always, always, always. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. And we we are getting. I was saying earlier this morning, I was talking to somebody else. We're getting people, you know, and and you're looking at their phone number. And you're going, I don't even know what country code. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> country code with four numbers. What on so, earth is going so, on? So you have to Google where where they're from, you know, because you're trying to ring them up and you think, well, are they asleep? Are they awake? How, yeah. What, what? How and how how are these customers finding you? Is it through advertising or is it word of mouth or where are they coming from? Well, I thought you guys could tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well obviously it's the Driven Chat Podcast, episode eighteen, <laughs> or, primarily. Well, or, or alternatively, the news that went out on road and track or the, or the road testing on, on, on GQ. <laughs> Maybe, possibly. No, it's, it's, so, uh, well, there, there, there is the power of media. There's the power of, of yeah. word of mouth because the, the news pieces are, are going everywhere. I think. Part of the appeal of this, and part of the part of the reason when you guys said you want to come and chat about it, is mm. because, you know, you do hear about a lot of companies that go, "Oh, we're going to make this," "Oh, we're going to make that," and then it becomes nothing, or yeah. it, or it becomes this sort of storied thing, and you don't hear much about it, and then laced down laced down the line, you sort of go, "Oh, well, we we, we quietly shelved that," but this, you know, we spoke about it in September or uh, August, sorry, and it was going to be. It was going to be a thing, and I kind of left and went, yeah, right, that, that looks legit. Mm. And then all of a sudden, there's this, uh, there's this news saying, yeah, this is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to have on it, and it's going to be coming soon. And it, 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 you're committed to it. And having seen the facility that you have, there is no doubt that you have the ability to build a car. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I said exactly the same thing to a friend of mine before coming down today when we were talking about the, the whole premise of what... GTO Engineering do as a company, it's very common to have car, not necessarily car manufacturers, but companies or individuals or engineers come up with an idea and say, I'm going to make this. Remember. And it looks really exciting, but then, of course, you look at the company and you think, oh, have you ever made a car before? No, we actually make vacuum cleaners. Oh, right. Um, so is it going to happen? Well, we hope so, maybe in 10 years. But GTO Engineering make cars <laughs> and they've been making cars for a bloody long time I mean, and really good quality. Point. Case in point, the Keating Bolt. Remember that? Keating, I do. The Keating Bolt. Now, if, if, if you want to giggle 
audience, both in the room and outside the room. Just Google the Keating Bob and how many times they've said they're going to do 300 miles an hour. There are some pictures on, I think it's Autocar's website, of the, the finished or the, the concept car. Now, concept cars are normally polished, beautiful things, the sort of study of what could be normally designed after the production car has actually been signed off. Mm. And so you'll see kind of extra polish and it's got this and it's got that on it. <clears throat> it's the, it's the, as I think it had mini switch gear in it. It had what looked like bathroom putty oh, wow. smeared in place. And they're like, yeah, this is going to do 300 miles an hour. And you look, so it went, no thanks. No, <laughs> it might do, but don't want, not with me in it. <laughs> I don't want to be in it or in the same county as it when it tries. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, yeah, that, that's the thing. It, it, it has this kind of, um, this legitimacy behind it. Mm. Yeah, and I think one of the things we've noticed with people saying they're going to make cars and that is, is that you don't hear anything for a very long time sometimes. Yeah. And we've, I've said all along in this programme, we've got to keep the momentum up. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got to keep feeding a bit of news to people and to make them realise there is a lot happening. When you're doing something yourself, you, kind of, you don't communicate it because you kind of think everyone knows. That's right. Whereas what we've got to keep doing, and Hannah's been good at this, is just talking to everybody and, and telling them what's going on. And of course, it spurs you on as an individual. If you commit to it, if you say, it's a bit like a weight loss journey, isn't it? Mm. If, you, if you say, oh, desperate to lose five kilos or something by Christmas, and you keep it to yourself, then it's a lot easier to go, oh, I can't be bothered, I'll just eat that Easter egg now. <laughs> Whereas if you tell everyone, I'm going to lose weight and I'm committed to it, yeah. you're kind of holding yourself accountable. And that's basically what you're doing with a car, isn't it? You're saying, it's coming. And by saying that, it's, it might be putting a bit of pressure on you, but it's that motivation, isn't it? It's that kind of, I've told people it's happening now, so it needs to happen. Yeah, and I think it's really important for the staff. They're mm. a very, very important element in this whole journey because they worked for me, most of them, for many years. Yeah. And we're a kind of family team. Mm. Um, and it's really important that they're kept motivated and, and enthused and, and you know, eager about what we're doing. So we have a, we have a, we have a, every week we have a team meeting we don't talk about the new car every week, but we regularly say, oh, I spoke to the so-and-so at Michigan about tyres. Great. Spoke to you know, a gearbox manufacturer about how we're going to do the transaxle and all these things that we just keep feeding this, this information, mm. which just doesn't come very naturally because you know, engineers are boring, uncommunicative people. <laughs> but I mean, I couldn't possibly comment, but some of them are interesting. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> uh, traditionally, they are a little bit, you know, they just get on with their own thing. Yeah. yeah. So they don't sort of necessarily communicate to the rest of the world. Mm. Mm. With T so one of the questions I had after T fifty uh, short wheelbase um, was what does Ferrari think? And I I want to know what what the case is with Moderna as well because you're you know you're taking the ethos of what Ferrari could have built, mm. and you're a you're a manufacturer or a, a you're, you're you're a place that's heavily associated with it. I mean, look, looking around the office we're in, there is, there's lots of beautiful artwork and imagery and it's all Ferrari and all the books say Ferrari. So, you know, well, not all of them, come not, on. Not all of them. There's one that says motorsport and there's a yeah, copy there's of the road a, There's a Jaguar one over there. And <laughs> I've got books on most cars, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's very much Ferrari. So what has, what, what's the deal with Ferrari, first with uh, the Revival cars, but also with Moderna? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There is no deal is the answer to that. Right. <laughs> But I think what we did was we took a legal opinion in the UK and the US and spent quite a lot of money getting it because mm -hmm. we wanted to be sure we weren't going to do something that would give us a problem. 
um, or our clients a problem for that matter, because it's obviously important that they, you know, they're, they're in a good place. And we've all seen what's happened with Jag Jaguar recently. They've got a bit, you know, active about C types and stuff. Mm. Yeah. What, what, um, what was the story? What was the story with that? So the, st the reason we knew about it was because our body shop also do work for Proteus, who makes C types. So. Uh, uh, uh... Proteus builds C-type replicas. They build C-type replicas. And they've done 140 of them. I mean, they've, mm. they're, you know, over 15 years, they've done lots. Yeah, I mean, how many C-type replicas do you think they've ever made around the world? I mean, uh, how, uh, what, with, with everybody, from yeah. men in sheds to yeah. men in slightly spanglier sheds? A uh, few thousand? 10,000, maybe? 1,400. I was surprised it was that many. What? Mm. So of every replica C-type ever made ever, there's 1,400. So I'm told. That's nothing. Well, I'm quite sure I think it's quite a lot. I think it's a lot. Well, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm basing this off the number of people who have gone, oh, yes, well, you know, these people will build you one and these people mm. will build you one and these people will build mm. you one. That's, that seems like not many, mm. considering the car's been around since the early 50s. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm prattling. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that, so so what what what's what's the what's the problem? What so the so there's a be? Swedish couple um, who built a car. I don't know them. I don't know anything about them. And, and I, I think I don't know this, but I think Jaguar took them to court in Sweden because I think probably they've got quite strong trademark or mm. whatever mm. laws there, the same as Germany have. And they won the court case. And this is given. This is the danger with 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 reproduction or revival or whatever you want to call them cars. Manufacturers generally don't go to court because if they lose, it's a big problem for yeah, them. Yeah, it's bad press, isn't it? It was yeah. not in bad press, but everyone just goes, well, I'll have a bit of that. Yeah, I'll right. make some of them. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, yes, if, of if, course. If they lose the... Because it's, yeah. it's the image, it's the shape. Because didn't Land Rover try to patent the shape of the Defender when Ineos was... There was certainly a, was a conversation, despite the fact that Ineos had said... I think even in their press releases, they had said taken inspiration from Land Rover Defender and yeah. G-Wagon and it yeah. was kind of like oh well that's good of them to say that and then Defender and, and then of course Land Rover went whoa, whoa, whoa hang on hang on you can't say that it looks like our car because it looks like our car but come on everyone knows what a Land Rover Defender is everyone in the world you could be the least car orientated petrol head in the world and you know what a Land Rover Defender looks like. Well, they went to court and won that. Yeah. I mean that, that was that was another landmark case and obviously we keep an eye on this stuff but of course. Um, but I think Jaguar is starting to sort of flex their muscles a bit and mm. you know, kind of it's giving them a confidence. I mean, the, 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 the judgment is being appealed. But, mm. but so there's no deal with Ferrari. We've had a couple of skirmishes with some legal firms, not, not really with Ferrari, but I don't know if you know this, but in this, in this environment, what happens is, is that, that, that legal firms go prospecting. So they'll go to Ferrari and say, if we can use your letterhead, so to speak, mm -hmm. we'll take these guys to court and you can have 10% of whatever oh, right. the percentage is. I know. Like no win, no fee people. Fanny. It's like no win, Have no fee Have you been missold PPI? Or has yeah. somebody tried to rip off your, your car brand? Yeah. Has, has, has somebody stolen the silhouette of your iconic car? The claims guys have just... They're now, <laughs> there's somebody from the claimsguys.com listening to this going, bloody hell, lads, come on, quickly, let's get this set up. We now. could work with Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that, claims don't, guys. Don't do that, don't do that. So that's caused us some pain and some, and some money. Yeah. Um, but... There's nothing going on at the moment. We hope it stays that way. I mean, I think on the basis that it is a ground-up build, with you know, this is only this is my kind of whimsical, hopeful, positive thinking mind coming out here. But I would hope that it would be seen as look. There's clear, clear design inspiration that's come from the shape of a 250. But that in itself is a huge compliment. In the same way that Ferrari have just launched the Roma. Now, if you squint from a few meters away, you might think it looks a lot like an F-Type. We're not hard pressed to find cars, modern cars that look like other modern cars. Rolls-Royce Cullinan, and you'd think London Taxi. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's yeah. Like the thing is, like with 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 anything, there is no such thing as an original idea anymore. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. Like it's very, very difficult to be. Ah, oh, yes, this is a completely new and 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 brand new shape that has never been touched on before. Yeah. There's no hint of this or hint of that. Um, similarly, you know, it, it's it's we're especially in this space. Like, you want a car that looks like something that 
could have been. You want that that yeah. new version of it. Of course, there's going to be some similarity to it. There can't not be. But also, here's the other thing, and this is, again, going off the completely other end of the spectrum. Let's take one of your 250 short wheelbases and park it in the middle of Leicester Square in London. A lot of people will walk through Leicester Square and go, God, that's a pretty car. But they won't know what it is. They won't say, look at that pretty Ferrari. They might walk very close to it and see a Ferrari badge on it and go, oh, it's a Ferrari. But from a distance, they will say, oh, look at that pretty car. Mm. Now, we are obviously, we're very much consumed in the world of petrol heads where we can hear the rattle of a cam from a thousand miles away and go, oh, that's a Toyota Twin Cam from 1986. You know, we, we mean, have you that ability. Be to do that. <laughs> I, I have other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the, the point I'm making is that a lot of people, there will be a huge astronomical number of people, hopefully even the, a proportion of people that will be looking to buy the car, that won't even think about the Ferrari link. It's just a really beautifully, staggeringly pretty car. And that's what people want. They want to drive something that everyone else looks at and goes, God, that's nice. Yep. So fingers crossed there'll be a, there'll be a bit of that as well. But, you know, obviously I, I completely get the question. And, and of course, it's the one thing that everybody in the car world says is, oh, well, you know, well, what, what did Ferrari think of that? And I'm sure, you know, in a, in, a, in a parallel universe, if we were all sitting in the world of fashion and we all decided to design a new handbag that looks a bit like a famous handbag that's existed for a while, somebody might go, hang on, what does Mulberry or whatever handbag manufacturers think of that. And, you know, it's the... See, we know cars, but we do not know handbags. No, I know that's one brand. Mulberry, Louis Vuitton did that they white one with the colourful things. Mm -hmm. Though I always get very confused when, um, when people have like Louis Vuitton bags. So it's, that, it's that two shades of brown thing, and they've all got LV written on them. And for, for the completely un, un, untrained, it's like... Lots of people, they've got their initials on there. What do LV stands for? But here... Do they lose their luggage frequently? Here's quite a good tangent from that. because, Well, not a tangent, but a, a side note. Because what do you think... And this is an open question to both of you here. If you go to an airport anywhere in the world, or a beach or somewhere, and you see a tourist pulling along a Louis Vuitton-branded suitcase, what's the, what's the first thing that you think, honestly? To be honest with you, the first thing I think is, is it real? There you go. That's ah. the answer that I was hoping for. Everybody looks at a Louis Vuitton bag and goes, well, there's no way they've paid 1,300 quid for that handbag. Like, it's fake. Now, here is, the, here is a, a common comparison again. We're going between fashion and handbags and cars. Great name for a podcast. Um, where we have a lot of classic cars. Let's think of the C-types. Let's think of the D-types. Let's think of the E-types. The Ferraris, uh, AC Cobras, AC Aces, uh, all of these cars in common, you go to any car show in the world and you see one pull in and the first thing that most people think is... Is it real? Is it real? It's a replica. Now, here we are with GTO Engineering's new car and lo and behold, we don't have to worry about that anymore because mm. it's not, is that a fake Ferrari? Nope, it's a GTO Moderna. And it's his own thing with its own right, with its own engineering, with its own build time and its own expertise and it makes it a really special product and that is as far as i'm concerned that is potentially the thing that should be celebrated most about this new project so what badge is going to be on the nose we don't actually quite know how we we've, we talk about this every day so there's two <laughs> things we haven't really quite worked out is exactly how we badge it and what we're actually going to call the car because as you know, the Moderna name is a code name for the project. Mm. It's not the name for the car. It's also a vaccine. It's also it a vaccine. It is a vaccine. <laughs> which, which, which we, did, we did think of before that vaccine became famous. But um, Sadly, I think they, they, they've, they, they've, they've got that one. I think they have, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, you'll have very plain GTO badging on it. Mm. I, I think cause I've, your, your, your logo on the, on, on the wall on the way in, it's, the font is good. It's, it is, it yeah. does what it says on the tin. Like you can make that nice and small and just bang it on yep. the nose, mm, yeah. and it would, you know, it's 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 celebrating the the. You don't want to go too Delorean with with DMC and that big feature of it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think emblems are really difficult actually. Yeah, because you don't want to do something that's too corny. Has to, I think it just has to be really neat and minimalistic, not not, not too fancy. Mm. Just keep it really simple. Because I suppose when you think about branding, it has to age well. Yeah. Oh, completely. You think re recently in, in the automotive world, so many logos have changed. Lotus, a couple of years ago, they went back to their sort of oh, 1950s yeah. things. Volkswagen's gone into this sort of size zero, black and white, mm -hmm. spindly thing. BMW. Kia, oh, the Kia logo. The, the, the Kia logo that looks like 
wave or via via yeah like it's it's a deeply strange strange thing peugeot has just gone into the world of heraldry yes it's a shield yeah. isn't it yeah. which it's looks like some awful. sort of i tell you what i thought when i first saw that new peugeot logo and again if you're if you're sat at home and have the means to do so just do a little google it looks like um one of those again we were talking about the kit cars that never materialize it's one of those isn't it it's like one of those kind of oh god let's get the work experience to quickly bodge up a quick logo well we'll put it on a shield we'll put a lion's head on it and yeah it's you know, a dramatic you, font you, you know when you're a kid and you go on holiday to like a, a school trip to france and you're kind of given the afternoon off to go shopping and you find that kind of really <laughs> shady shop that will sell you like a really cheap flick knife it looks like it looks like it's like on the handle of one of those or like a really really awful samurai sword that, kind of, that those kids are like yeah i really want samurai swords in my wall because the you're rubbish while you were out you while you were out saying mean things about other people i was studying the blade look it's got a it's got a peugeot lion on it and you're like mm, that's just a bit awful isn't it yeah just a bit naff. But hey, hey, look, Peugeot need as much help as they can get, bless them. Hey, in, fa in fairness to them, I keep seeing Peugeot 208s. There's one near me in, like, bright yellow. 208. I saw a grey one yesterday. And they're really good-looking cars. I've not driven one, so I can't speak as to whether they're any good. But, like, the, the de their design language at the moment, being now being a car nerd, mm. their design language at the moment is amazing. They're purposeful, squat, cool-looking things. Good for you. Good. No. <laughs> <a> digression. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Their logo's rubbish, but their cars are cool. They've got fangs. How many modern cars have fangs? Yeah. Trust me, look up a Peugeot 208. It's got fangs. 508, it's got fangs. It's, it, it's cool. Let's talk a little bit about the, again, about that weight, because I, I'm still trying to do the sums in my head. I'm, I'm trying to work out what the weight of an engine is. Um, I'm guessing you've got things like aluminium heads on it and yeah, other yeah. various lightweight bits and pieces but the body of the car in order to compensate for the weight of that the engine and the transaxle and whatnot gearboxes are now but <clears throat> staggeringly heavy they don't need to be there right that you know we were it was funny we were in we were in um, perhaps i shouldn't say the name but we were in a motor manufacturer's factory the other day and in the repair bit of the factory and they got a, a complete drivetrain dropped out of a car on the floor and I was just staggered at how big and heavy everything was. Mm. Just ridiculous. I yeah. mean, so unnecessary. You know, a short wheelbase doesn't really weigh much more than a ton. Mm -hmm. um, is part of that weight and kind of complexity to make it idiot-proof? Would because if would a lighter would a lighter system require more, say, mechanical sympathy? So someone buying a a, a two fifty, with someone buying one of those, they would have that mechanical sympathy. They'd know what to do with it. Whereas if, you know, Barry from next door was going to take one out, it's, it's, that, it's that kind of typical question. If you had a Ferrari for 24 hours, what would you do? They're, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, take it, I'd take it to the ring and I'd really smash it. <laughs> I'd break it. Like, yeah, they'd break it. They wouldn't <laughs> yeah. know how to treat it. So it is part of that complexity because people are stupid. I think, I think what you, we, we've touched on it today, but we, there are de detracting factors in an old car. Mm. You know, they leak and, mm. and they, they rattle and, they, you know, they, there's things that, that go wrong with them and missed up and all those things. So what we wanted to do is create a car that had all the great bits of a, of a classic car with none of the detractions. Right. And I think, yeah, you're right about people, I'm not going to say being stupid. And one of the problems we've got is, is that no, no one can drive a manual car anymore. Yeah. Well, that, that is stupidity. <laughs> well, you, you say, you say <laughs> this, but no, how I, many, I, I, you, I know, you know what I mean? How many cars do you actually get in, modern cars, that have got a gear stick? Mm. Pe people don't buy them. Um, no. You know, by the time uh, I was having this discussion with someone the other day, it's like by the time someone is old enough to get that 911 they always wanted, they probably don't want the manual gear shift, which is why, you know, the, 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 sales, the, the sales figures stick to automatic. Yeah. It's just tiny, which is very upsetting. But the, the people who are most vocal about manual gearboxes no longer being a thing are people who want to buy a manual sports car 10 years from now. So they're cross that people with the money now won't yeah. buy them the car they want. That's which, very true. Which is, which is it's, it's deeply upsetting, but that, that's the way of the world. But also, again, it's down to mechanical sympathy. It's down, down to parts. An automatic gearbox will change quicker. It's, it will, uh, it's more economical, and it's less likely to have someone slipping the clutch and blowing it up. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. We, one of the things, one of the design problems we've had is, is with the clutch. Mm. 
because people don't really produce them anymore. I mean, they do produce them, but you're looking for a small, compact clutch mm. that can take the torque and the power that we're talking about. And it has to be easy to use, because one of the things we found with the revival cars, and you touched on this with the car you drove, mm. is you get a, a, a younger guy in the car and he just embarrasses himself because he can't drive it. And it puts him off the whole car. Yeah, yes. absolutely. You know, it's, it's like he's, 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 he's ashamed, or whatever the word is, of the fact that he's stalled the car three times. Mm. And it, it kind of takes away the pleasure that he should be able to get out of the car. But if, if, if someone stalls a car three times and then decides it's broken, the, the problem is the car, not them. That says more about them, I think. Oh, well, of course it does. But it's, it, <laughs> like, learn it, it, things. It's the, it's the romantic vision yeah. of you in the car, isn't it? It's, hey, I've pulled up outside, mm. wherever you are in the world, Ocean Drive in Miami, and I, I'm going to jump in my car, and everybody's watching me now because I've got <laughs> in my car and stall and start again and stall and start again. and st uh, Yeah, it, it, I think that's, that's where suddenly it's the... Uh, you're right, it's a vanity thing. It's, yeah. it, it, it is that vision but it's a it's a massive part of it people buy cars on the basis of vanity it's the reason that convertibles exist in my opinion yeah and um you know, they, these guys are successful people they, yeah. don't, they don't want to be seen to not be able to do something yeah, absolutely right absolutely. it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't go racing mm. yes because they, 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 they don't want to be seen fear of being rubbish yeah the fear of being lost yeah See, that's precisely why I don't go racing, it's because I know I'll be last. It's terrifying and I hate it. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> so who, have you, how is that journey going? I assume you're talking to um, aftermarket clutch companies, so things like OS Geek and, and people like that to produce, or is it, are you, are you looking at existing materials that you've used for... The revival cars. Well, one of the problems you've got with clutches is if you're going to use an organic clutch, which is by far the nicest action, rather than mm. a ceramic or, or even a carbon clutch, they don't, they don't, they're not very easy to rev. As in, they don't want to rev because they fall apart. Gotcha. The linings fly off, and it's just not not that easy. But we have found a clutch, and we, we're fortunate in that we can try it one of our revival cars because we can make it fit that. Perfect. Obviously, that hasn't got the power and the torque that this the new car will have, but at least we'll see. Because you can look at all the specifications on a clutch mm. and until you actually get in the car and drive it, you don't know if it's any good or not. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about parents or, you know, the numbers people are... When it comes down to a lot of things, what people want to talk about is, yeah, have you seen this? Oh, it's got X horsepower and do not 60 in. So what can you tell us about that? We're aiming for around 450 horsepower. That's a lot of horsepower for a car that weighs less than a ton. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need any more than that. And if, if, it, if, if, we, if we ended up saying... Actually, it's going to be 420. No, yeah, we've got we've got short wheelbases putting out 350 mm. horsepower. You don't really want any more on the tyres they've got. Mm. It's just unnecessary. Point, yeah. I, yeah, having having driven one of those cars, uh, yes, that's, yeah. that is enough power. Mm. It's, this is about having an enjoying, fun driving experience, not about sort of bragging rights on what what the naught to sixty is or whatever it is. It's not it's not what it does; it's how it does it. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's something I'd, I'd quite like to, to, to ask, ask you about. So what do you reckon to the, the horsepower world? Because now there's, you know, if we, if we keep it Ferrari, there's a 900 horsepower production Ferrari. Like, where, where do you stand on that, on the, on the horsepower world? Well, I think the, the, the problem with horsepower is the weight. This is the thing that's gone wrong with modern cars, in my view, mm. is they're just too heavy. Mm. Yeah. You know, they, they you know they brought out the new RS6, and I, I'm talking about that because I've got one. I've had it's the third one I've had, and it's got more power than the last car, but it's no faster because it weighs more. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you just go, well, is that really a step forwards? There's so many things on a brand new car that are so unnecessary, such as. I just think all the electronics and the you know the screens and the, all that stuff. You just and the pre-sense, you know, the brake things and all that. I mean, come on. That that sadly is is European. Well, that is legislation, so they okay. have to have that. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. But because then the, the counter argument being that there are so <clears throat> many people in the world that will be listening to this and nodding with you, you know, in nodding in agreement with you, Mark, going, "Yeah, that is so true." And that's your market. Those, yeah. those are your people that want to buy these cars because the the, yeah. the, re the reason for the weights is is the legislation. The fact mm. that I talk, talking earlier about people who you know 
want the automatic and they want this and want that is because people just view cars as things. For a lot of people, yep. it's true. They, they yeah. don't pay, they, 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 these aren't art of driving people. These are, oh, I just need to get from A to B. I hate driving. The people who don't pay attention, who need the pre-crash thing, who need yeah. this, need that. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is why it's heavy. So to, to sort of go, to, in defence of the bloat, yeah. um, there, there is a reason for it. But it is, uh, it, it kills a, a decent driving experience. It really, really does. And mm. I, I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. I also think an RS6 is a blinding choice as a daily, and I'm jealous. <laughs> I, I think... Um, what we want this car to be is something that people want to drive. Yeah. We, we've got we've got it with all the old cars we look after. Not many people drive them anymore. Mm. It's really it's really sad. Why is is it is it because they're difficult to drive? Is it because they're worth too much? Is it because they've got other things to be getting on with? I think these people are all time poor for sure. Mm. Right. But I just think they'll just get in a modern thing that's easy. It's automatic and all those things. And and again, they're sort of nervous it's going to break down. All those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very common mentality. I mean, I had this this morning. At my intention, I've got a beautiful press-loaned BMW sat in my underground car park at home. And my plan this morning, or certainly last night, was I'll ride down on the on the motorbike. That'd be nice. And then I woke up this morning and went, oh, it's a bit cold, actually. I'll take the car. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people will be doing exactly the same thing with classic cars. So, yeah, a car that people are going to want to drive, it just, I mean, it, it, to me, this is one of the most exciting things in the automotive world at the moment because whilst new manufacturers are constantly coming up with yeah the horsepower war you know we're making a 900 horsepower car or we've made a an estate car that can do 230 miles an hour yeah that's all great but it's not that particularly exciting when everyone else is doing it at the same time what gto are doing here is making something that is so unique and different and unconformative to the rest of the world that the right people are going to get really really excited about so i think the the the, the logical question to ask now um, is when when can when can we see it properly? When can we have a go? Because that's what I really want. To <laughs> when when can I have a go? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're hoping. I mean, actually, everyone in the automotive industry in the design industry is quite busy, so it's mm. quite hard to get people. Although people love this project, they're kind of doing lots of things with lots of people. So we'd like to have a full scale model done. A clay model this year. Great. Um, and I would like to think we will be putting a prototype car together in Q3 next year. Okay. Fantastic. That's not a long time away. That's in, in car development terms. That is that is fast. Mm. So uh, to uh, the, well the, the 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 record stands. I think it's Del Delorean was eighteen months. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, even even thinking about major manufacturers. Um, I once attended a talk uh, <laughs> at Coventry Motor Museum, I believe it was, and the, the gentleman that led the talk was talking about the amount of time it takes for a major car manufacturer to put a car through production. And I think the example he used was the original, uh, the first uh, Mark I Ford Focus, mm. which we all know has become a bit of an icon now. Um, it took seven years from the initial idea to the time that that car went into production. Seven years! That's an awfully long time where that car was an idea and then the thought process and then the engineering side and then the design processes and then let's put that on hold for a bit and then let's go back to it. But yeah, seven years. So to, to And that's the common trait for most modern cars that we look at and go, oh, well, look at that. They've, they've copied the design from that Peugeot that came out last year. They probably haven't because the car was probably in process and in design and in thought for at least five years before we've seen it. And it's the reason that concept cars that we see now are so exciting and so radical and so, oh my God, it's never gonna look like that. And then, hey, presto, 10 years time, cars that are being released now are starting to look like concept cars that we were looking at 10 years ago. Well, case in point, Jag CX-17, yeah. I think it was. Have a look at that and then an F-Type. Yes, absolutely right. There you go. Yeah, perfect, case in point, absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> that, that was, that was Years and years and years and years and years apart. Yeah. So to have a car, I mean, we we were last year in September, September 2020, talking about this new idea. We're now sat here in March, the following year, 2021, um, and we're talking about a car that we might even potentially be able to see as a thing in just over a year, which is... Amazing. Yeah, I think what you've got to remember is we're not a major car manufacturer. We yeah. don't have loads yeah. of committees. We don't have loads of, yeah. you know, market research. We just kind of go and do what we want. Yeah. And, and you know, we know how we want to make it. Yeah. And we've, we can make decisions immediately. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I will always ask other people about decisions because I, I think it's important you do that. Yeah. But we don't we don't have a you know people shareholders or anything to think about. Super. Because it's it's so we just we've got a lot of agility. Yeah. That's the dream. The absolute dream. The absolute dream. Get up and do what you want. What do I want to do today? Well, I want to reinvent a, a classic iconic concept and modernise it and make it for people who actually want to drive and, and, and enter, enter the segment on my own. Yeah, cool, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Tea, anyone? Tea? <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, I think before we round things up, Alex, any, any other journalistic burning questions that you wanted to throw out onto the table? Journalistic, uh, well, there, 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 is, there, there is that final one, which uh, is, it, it's a little crass. What's it going to cost? Um, it's going to be between 1.3 and 1.5 million. So I should start saving now then. Mm. Mm. I sorry. One of the things we haven't, we haven't locked down or tied down yet is what we're going to offer as optional extras. Gotcha. I think that's important for people to make it a little bit more bespoke for themselves, mm. a little bit more, you know, modelled for them. And we're just, there's a bit of thought process going on that at the moment. <clears throat> yeah, so. well, so I suppose if, if we're talking about kind of mod, mod cons, there is the, so there isn't going to be a screen in there. Are you going to be able to plug your phone into it? Will it be a carplay yeah. thing or will it just be a, here's a phone cradle, good luck? <sighs> I'd love to say a phone cradle, good luck. <laughs> I mean, to, from, obviously, I'm, I'm not in a position, unless my, my working, living and uh, unidentified inheritance world changes dramatically in the next 18 months, I'm never going to be in a position to buy one of these things brand you new. Mean, you mean Driven but, Chat doesn't have you on eight figures a year? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. No, no. We, we're, we're working towards it. Sort it out, uh, Andy J. Come on. <laughs> um, but no, but the, the, here's the thing. I mean, for me as a consumer, if, if I, even if I had the means... That's exactly what I would want. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give two hoots about screens and inbuilt, inbuilt sat navs. And exactly as you said, Mark, at the beginning of this recording, it doesn't matter what car you get in. You can get into a two hundred fifty thousand pound brand new supercar within two months of it coming off the production line. That sat nav is rubbish. Yeah. It's got. It's rubbish. So you will. You, you know. I've been in brand new uh, Range Rover SVRs recently. You just plug your Rolls Royces. Yeah, and you just go. Oh, I'm not. Just, just CarPlay. Bam, yeah. Done. CarPlay on yeah. ways away we go. Um, one final burning question, and this is, I think, the most important um, we've had for the whole podcast. Oh, my goodness. Is the aircon going to make it cold? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of the things it, in the short wheelbases we did was we made the aircon electric. Yeah. Because I didn't want anyone to see it. I didn't want to see a compressor under the bonnet, because yeah. I think under the bonnet on a short bus, it would just look terrible if you yeah, did that. pipes running everywhere. Yeah, whereas on this car, we'll have a proper compressor. Mm. It will be hidden, but it will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Oh, I nearly deserve I don't it. think the car that I, I don't think the black one had air con. No, it didn't. So, well, I'll tell you I mean, what, the you're... red one, they said it did. Didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing, it's like this, it's one of those things, like, it was, it was the best. Because with, with every car, there's always, like, a memory of it. Mm. And if there isn't, then you know it's not a particularly memory experience. Like, howling V12, beautiful day. Oh. And the fact it took me three hours to stop sweating afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but none of that mattered. None of that mattered. Like, you know, it, was, it was happy sweat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I, I honestly cannot wait to see what this thing's going to be like. It's a, it's, it's a genuinely fascinating prospect. And I like the fact that it's coming from Britain. Britain, Britain, Britain. Absolutely. British engineering. British engineering, actual engineering, making an actually brilliant car. It's actually quite a funny part of the process we've been through is, is that because of lockdown and travel restrictions, we tended to go for British manufacturers mm. as suppliers, simply because to travel to Italy or Germany or wherever, it's just blimmin' hard at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're just like going, ah, oh. well, we've, been doing it. we've been doing this for a year. I mean, it's, you know, so we, we've gone to, to relatively local people, mostly. Yeah. Fantastic. That's mega. Fantastic. Right, well... Mark, thank you so much for your time today. It's been brilliant. Alex, thank you for being um, the, the sensible voice of authority in journalism in this. this and journalism. And, and journalist. <laughs> um, a note to you, the listener, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, um, we'd love to hear about it. So if you have the time, the means and the ability to leave us a short review somewhere, wherever you leave reviews, that would be great. I know that that's often a bit of a pain. Uh, and a difficult thing to do, but uh, you know, kind words really do help us. And if you can fit the word hootenanny in there, I will be greatly amused. 
Well, there you go. There's your challenge. There is your challenge. Alternatively, if you'd like to get in contact with us for any other means, I think we've mentioned it now in a few other podcasts that we are working towards, hopefully, at the time that we can, I say we, myself, Andy and Amy can all sit in a room together, we will have a listener's letters episode of the podcast where we will answer your questions and we will talk about anything that you want us to talk about. And so if you want to be added to that list of questions, um, you can drop us an email now, which is podcast at drivenchat.com. That's podcast at drivenchat.com. Tell us what you want to know about. If you have questions about the Moderna project, about GTO engineering, you know, we we are happy to to revisit again or pick up the phone and ask those questions and talk about anything and you know opinions, questions, ideas, anything you want to you want us to talk about. Alex um, looks like he's got one. And once again, if you can fit the word hootenanny into any of those emails, <laughs> I will be greatly amused. I won't be there for it, but I will be greatly amused. <laughs> Subject line hootenanny. Yes. Oh, go on. <laughs> I don't even know how you spell it, but that'll be interesting. Don't Google it. Just try. I want to see the variants of spellings. Or listen to Jules Holland every New Year. All that. All that. Yeah. Mark, thank you so much for your hospitality, having us here. Alex, thank you very much for being an additional voice. Listener, thank you very much for joining us. We do hope you've enjoyed it, and we will talk to you again next week. Well, thank you very much for listening to that lovely, lovely episode. Um, Just to remind you that we are going to be doing a podcast uh, soon, very soon, where we want to get your questions, whether that be about cars or John Marker or photography or whatever, some of the guests that we've had on, do drop us an email, uh, podcast at drivenchat.com. And yeah, hopefully we'll be able to answer as many of those questions as possible. And we'd love to hear from you and what your thoughts are. So please do get in touch and you can follow us on uh, any of the social media channels at Driven Chat. And yeah, really hope that you enjoyed today and we look forward to being in your ears again soon. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.